It's episode 87 on the Pete Primo Show. Welcome to the show. Our guest is Steve Howe. How I had my best weekend ever. Steve will be with us soon. And in the meantime, I'm going to pay the bills. If you haven't bought my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Stores uh, on how to sell another million this year, you're missing the boat. Order it now. It's on Amazon and it's it's like two cups of coffee. It's insane. And I want to I want to thank Steve and the entire Mattress Industry Network, almost 1,600 strong. As a matter of fact, if you guys would all do me a favor, you will see that scan me code. Scan that code and join the Mattress Industry Network group. It is the largest mattress industry network group, and it is the best. And the reason it's the best... Hey, Patrick Tinney, we will rock the house, Patrick. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, Where was I? Oh, the Mattress Industry Network. If you are in the mattress industry, we want you in this group. If you're a store owner, if you're a sales rep, if you're an RSA selling on the floor, I like to call you guys sales pros. Um, If you are in the mattress industry in any way, shape, or form, a furniture store that sells mattresses, you need to be in this group. And if you're on the other side, on the supply side, on the manufacturing side, we want you here too. There's some great reps in here, some great vice presidents of sales, and great owners. So if you want to learn how to sell more, and how to do it more profitably, you need to join the Mattress Industry Network. And it's a great place just to get to know other people in the industry and to help shorten that learning curve if you're new. So join the Mattress Industry Network group and tell them Pete sent you. Steve, you're there. Oh, my Lord. Split second time. And Steve's so busy, just had a customer. And I thought I was going to have to carry the show for a little bit, which... I, had, I thought you were too. I had no worries about uh, Steve. I mean, we all know you can talk, Pete. Yes, right? I can. No. The question is, can I listen? <laughs> ask your wife. Yeah, well, I don't think I want to ask my wife that question. That is, uh, that's a Jenny question. Yes, it is. Steve, how did you have your best weekend ever? Um, we were open. Okay. I mean... Well, the, let me the, let me dive. Secret sauce, Pete. I'm going to give you the secret sauce, and I hear a lot of people, and we can all probably disagree on this secret sauce. But I have a building <clears throat> that I pay to be. I pay for 365 days a year, right? Yep. I don't make. I know for a fact I make no money when I close. Zero dollars come in when I'm closed. Unless they're on my website, which actually does produce some money for me. But the store itself produces zero dollars when I'm closed. So I have this little thing called I'm open seven days a week. Um, we close for Easter, Christmas, and uh, Thanksgiving. Those are the those are the holidays. Is that it? That's it. So, I'm open. So let's that's how we sell. Okay. So listen, before we actually get started, I want to thank you for calling my dealer who was having a tough time. You graciously jumped on the phone 
with them, unpacked some stuff and found some mistakes that were made and uh, gave him a game plan to get himself going um, and helping him get some traffic. And he is eternally grateful. So thank you. Uh, that is what our industry is all about, people helping people. And I know we didn't discuss this beforehand, but do you have a customer? Oh, my delivery guys are back. Okay. All right. So, so listen, there's no secret that you are um, one of the, the very best at Google. So I want to just very specifically ask you, this question did your did the attention that you pay to google pay off in you having your best weekend ever well or do you yeah. attribute it yeah. to something yeah. else i mean know that anytime you've got a, a series of competitors and i think we all have 40 competitors in our town it seems like right right Anytime you got 40 people spending money, propping up a holiday weekend, like we did with Labor Day, they create shoppers. Um, the end result is they see their TV ads, they see their, hear their radio ads, they, whatever the case may be, and then they go to Google. Google is the front door still. So they go to Google and they search, oh, mattress stores near me, or whatever the case may be, but... Most of the time, it's mattress stores near me, um, mattress stores in whatever city you are. Um, and that's where I steal their customers for half the price. Or less. Or less. I mean, so, some of it organic, right? I mean, some of it I'm not paying anything for. So in, in case there's any newbies out there, if you spend money on any media... The first thing that's going to happen, or the second thing, is they're going to get their smartphone out. They're either going to Google how to get to you, and they're going to see reviews, or they're just going to flat out look for reviews. And that is the hole in many big, dumb competitors' marketing. They do not get... Don't five-star online reviews. Spending money though, Pete, because I mean, I mean, those guys are out there. They're spending money too. They're paying. I mean, the advantage we really have is that they're paying marketing firms that don't have any skin in the game, other than collecting a share of how much money they can spend of somebody else's, right? So, um, we make every dollar count that that we spend because it's our money. Um, I'm not paying somebody else to do it. But I also think, uh, I mean, they're generating those reviews. You go to, uh, you go to, you know, Denver Mattress, which is Denver. Denver and Mattress Firm are probably my two best, closest competitors. Um, they go to that store. They have a bad experience. They Google mattress stores from there, right? So the advertising worked. It got them in the door at the other place. Then they figured out, hey. These guys are, are a little greasier than I, I care to, you know, they're salesmen. They're salesmen, salesmen. We're not. So you had the best weekend you've ever had. Did you spend, did you spend a lot of money on Labor Day weekend promotions? 
spent no more than I normally spent. I, I didn't promote a Labor Day sale at all. So that's beautiful. <laughs> so that's beautiful. That shows me that you're doing so many of the other things so well that you are literally just cashing in on your competitors' traffic. And Chris has got my website up there. I mean, yep. we've got a lot of good reviews. We also have some bad ones. And we we do not pressure people for reviews either. Um, but we respond to all of them. So, I mean, that's, that's the key sometimes is uh, just responding. And I haven't done a fetch on that. Uh, Chris highlighted my reviews there. I haven't done a fetch for my website in a while. So... We have more than 142, but um, yeah, I mean, it's not that's not something we we push push because we know authentic reviews end up helping more. Yeah, and so I've heard this from several of my dealers that you know there's a there's a natural inclination when you get a negative review to want to try to do something about it to to remove it to start the process of removing it. And actually the best thing you can do is leave it up there because <laughs> do you got to go? No. Okay. Um, because your customers, your, your prospective customers will look at how you responded to that negative review. And if that person is really, really being outrageously, badly behaved, they're going to see that. And they're going to, uh, some of the comments that I've heard from my dealers is, hey, listen, I did look at your five-star online reviews, but I looked at your one-star reviews and how you handled it. And, you know, that one or two customers or three or four, whatever it was, you know, they were out of their minds. And I liked you better after I saw how you reacted to it. And, how you actually didn't just cave into them, which is well, interesting. So I'll take the one three-star review we got at the new store uh, the other day. Killed my five-star rating already. We got a three-star <laughs> three review. And it was because she said she chose the shop local, even though our prices were higher, right? And that we charged for disposal. So really what happened was I messaged her... Um, that we were, you know, scheduled the delivery. And then she said, oh, you're going to haul off the old one, correct? And I said, well, we charge we charge a disposal fee. Um, and we're, we're up front with that at our store. I mean, that's never... So this was an add-on she thought of after the fact. Um, and I even told my delivery guys that morning when they went out, I said, hey, if she makes a big deal over the 50 bucks or whatever for the disposal fee, just dispose of it. But in the time that I sent my delivery guys out to deliver um, and they got to her house, they had she had already left me a bad review. Wow. And uh, so I responded, said, hey, like, I mean, one, I know for a fact nobody else is selling the mattresses. And she said, well, I chose this mattress even though... Uh, it costs $200 more than at who's spending $200 more on the same thing anywhere. We, I mean, also, you know, so a customer reading that review automatically knows, all right, this lady's, you know, she's bulls. It's full of shit. Yeah. No other way to put it. And yeah. that goes for, I mean, 
a lot of, I mean, we've got a three-star review one time because I was 20 minutes late on a delivery because the lady was hiding. I mean, her house was, I had to get out and walk around the block to find it. It was down this alley thing that I, I mean, I couldn't find it. That's why I was late. I, I had to literally get out and walk around the block to find her house. And then I set her bed frame up right. That was set up wrong prior. And she still gave me a three-star review. Wow. And she noted that. She noted that in her review. And you're like, that's a three, that's three-star service because I was 20 minutes late. And uh, you got a, a, you know, I actually fixed probably the reason why you had to replace your mattress to begin with because your bed frame was not set up proper, didn't have support. Yeah, the customer is more demanding today than ever before. Hey, guy, thank you for saying hi. What you got, Patrick? You are right about leaving a negative review up. I was told by a gent in the Chicago area that I had made it as a sales author because I legitimately had a hater. I laughed. Never crossed my mind. Yeah. The review was on Amazon USA, and the guy that left it was pressuring me pressuring me to buy some rip-off marketing scheme. I called him out on it, and that resulted in the review. That's great. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are different now than before, and it's just something that we all have to deal with as owners. But um, if, if you're transparent and you respond openly and honestly, their unreasonableness will be seen by a good customer. Okay. Oh, you got to go, Steve? No. No. You sure? Taking my keys to the truck. All right. I'm like, dude, it's like, what, 917 there? 1017. Oh, okay. I always do that. I make it two, uh, three hours instead of two hours, so... So you are open. Okay, cool. Um, Technically, we don't open till 11, but if I'm here, we're open. So Steve, I'm going to ask you this question. So if you're in a mastermind with one of your mastermind um, um, teammates and, and they're asking you, you know, today's customer is more unreasonable than they've ever been. How do I deal with them and what should my posture be? What is your answer to them? I mean, one, we have to do a better job of setting the expectation at the yeah. point of sale, right? I mean, that's the, we have to do a good job of setting the expectation and then we have to be authentic, right? I mean, authenticity, I think, is the key to, has been the key to my business success. Um, but it's, I mean, I I truly do care about the customer and I also understand how they get frustrated, right? I mean, there's, especially last year, um, it seems like all of a sudden the customer thinks that we're back to normal completely, which, I mean, to a large part, we are, but there's still some difficulties, right? There's still some bumps in the road uh, and people are being unforgiving about that. So, um, make sure you set that expectation up front. Hey, if we don't have it in stock today, uh, you know, it, it might take us a little bit longer than than you're expecting to get it in. 
And even in the selection process, you know, a great question as you're starting to play the three little bears, you know, and, and trying to find the comfort level is, you know, how soon do you need it? If, if we find the right bed for you, how soon do you need it? Now, a lot of times they'll just, they'll push it back because they have no intentions of buying. They go, it, it doesn't matter. But then when they get up to the counter, they want it today. Right. I mean, it's, a, it's a great out for them. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's real. Yeah. Um, but it is one of the questions that we ask immediately when we're, you know, when we're showing a customer, when they come in, you know, we ask them, Hey, you know, are you looking for a bed for you guest bed for your kids? Um, or, and then once they clarify that and we go through what comfort level they like and what their old mattress, you know, the problems with their old mattress and how they're sleeping. Great. How quick are we needing the new one? Right. Because If I've got guests coming tomorrow, it doesn't do me any good to show them a bed that they can't get. Exactly. Um, it does. I mean, it does them a disservice to begin with. So uh, even, you know, sometimes the best option for them is a competitor. And I hate to say that, but sometimes, I mean, I mean, if we can't meet the need, I'll make recommendations to a competitor. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes I send them for the bad ones so that they know that, hey, that Steve guy, it might be worth buying an air mattress and waiting, <laughs> right? <laughs> so when you're looking back on how you had your best week ever, there was a lot of upfront work that you did um, that you've done that are almost like habits in terms of how you set up your website, how, how, you, how you engage customers. Can you share some of those with some of our store owners that, you know, are looking for, you know, an advantage? You know, the, the, the really interesting thing, Pete, is, you know, I have seven kids and I'm coaching football and I'm busy, you know, busy with church and family and yet I still work you know, five, six days a week as much as I can, as much as my wife will will reasonably allow me. So my website isn't the most up-to-date. My pricing on my website is definitely not up-to-date um, because I don't waste, I don't waste my, the customer, the goal is when they come here, right? I know where they're looking primarily they're going to go to the, you know, they're going to go to Google. They might check out my website. Probably the majority of them do. Um, but they're going to Google and that's the important place to be present for us. That's our front door. Um, and then, I mean, we try and, you know, like I said, the, the authentic reviews that we have have been advantageous, right? People really read how great um, we treat people. And that comes through in our reviews, and that seems to be uh, the type of customer that we attract as well. So let's unpack that for um, for a new newbie sto- store owner. Um, this idea that Google is is the front door. Your front door is no longer your front door. People just don't wander in 
And when we used to think that our newspaper ad was the first touch uh, or our radio commercial was our first touch, a lot of times it is Google. So unpack that a little bit. I mean, Google's, I mean, that's just where everybody's going for information, right? I, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm, I'm a dream cloud dealer and I know some people have had great success with dream cloud and some people haven't. But if you know, uh, and something that we've been unpacking the last, really the last week that has come out is, you know, you go online today and none of the legacy brands pop up on review sites. None of them. They're, they're not main brands anymore. And uh, so the number one brand that people are turning to for me is Dream Cloud. Uh, Nectar, I don't floor Nectar because I didn't like the product, but I mean, they're at, customers are still asking me for it. So I should probably bring it in um, again so that my customer doesn't have to go to a competitor to try it out. Um, but that's that's uh, I mean it's yeah they're going to they're going to the web a hundred percent of the time. Now advantage, uh, I'm the only dealer and the locator for DreamCloud in Boise, right? I mean that's uh, thank you, Bob Munkle, even though you're not with Resident anymore for helping <laughs> out and and uh, I mean, but I sell a lot of them, right? Um, Guy had a question. Oops, Stu, I'll get to you. Can you pull up Guy's information? Has Google replaced uh, B2C websites? Uh, I mean, nothing replaces your website, right? I mean, but it's definitely your second touch, not your first. Okay. And, Okay. Guy, did that answer it? Okay, Stu, how are you, Stu? Thanks for being here. If it's immediate, if it's immediate, I never show anything unless it's in stock. Very good. Even if I was out of stock, I'd send it. Oh, I'd send it to Denver over Boise mattress. <laughs> what are friends for? What are friends for? <laughs> you know, if Stu can ever find a woman to marry him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I won't be invited to the wedding. <laughs> Patrick Tinney, Steve and Pete, what is the most lucrative and unusual consumer or commercial sale you have ever made? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, that that's a difficult one because I was in a far more lucrative industry before this go for it so i uh i mean i, I specialized in large group self-funded health insurance so i mean that's a it's a huge niche but you have to have you know 150 employee plus so uh just to justify being self-insured so i mean that's where i mean i was was a, a top earner in my industry before. Okay. So what was your biggest sale? Well, I mean, if, if we were to add it up, I mean, uh, we're talking in the millions. Yeah. Well, I mean, one customer in the millions. Right. 
Right. Um, so Pat, I had a customer that I pursued for two to three years, finally landed them. And over seven years, I think we did about $24 million uh, with that customer. But that wasn't the profitable, profit, profitable part of it. There were offshoots and relationships that I developed within this account. And they went on. Um, one of the other businesses probably did a good 10 to $15 million. And then another business that came off of it probably another 20 million. So over $30 million in addition to the 20 million. So 50 million plus um, on so that probably one. The, the, the trick there, right, Pete, is, is really the sale is not uh, what product you sold them, but what relationships you built because that was a profitable uh, relationship either way. Yeah. And... Um, and that was the same thing for me. I mean, I would have never landed some of the huge accounts I had uh, if I hadn't landed the relationship with the decision makers far, you know, yeah. on the van. And, and the, you know, the challenge and the trick in retail sales is how do you develop a relationship fast? I mean, you have seconds to do it. You, we we search for the commonality, right? I mean, you got to. I mean, it's, I got one guy that has a hard time relating to people. He's very, very knowledgeable. Um, and then I've got one of my employees that is very good at relating to people. And then there's me. Well, depends which mood you catch me in. No. no. <laughs> you know, I can, I'm, I'm pretty well-rounded. I can talk about a lot of stuff. I've had a lot of experience. Um, but the best way to start is look at what they're driving when they pull up. Uh, if they're driving a, a BMW, just comment. I mean, they love comments about their cars, right? Guys like comments about their trucks. Um, for us, find out where they're, you know, if they're from Idaho or not. You know, there's, there's lots of uh, just tidbits. Dig, dig for some type of common... Uh, experience and then roll with it. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's time for story time. Unless you're gonna interfere with me. Oh, and I got I got chapter 33. Okay, go ahead. You roll. You roll, brother. All right. Chapter 33. Your number one product is you. Successful store owners understand and embrace the fact that their number one product is their own sell. Therefore, they invest the time and money in making this product the best it can be. In today's business world, there's no room for weak personality-less, timid marketers, and you must understand only the strong survive. Success starts with you. What you focus on, how you think, and what you do on a repeated and consistent basis. The good news is there are plenty of excellent books, courses, and people to help you uh, develop and maximize your personal skills. And my goal with this chapter is simply to remind you of the critical importance on focusing on self-development. 
I'm 54 years old. That was a long time ago. I'm 62 now. Right now. By the time I get this book finished, I'll probably be 100. <laughs> That's what it felt like, brother. That's what it felt like. I listen to most of my books in the van and I drive about 20 to 30 hours a week. I've turned my van into a learning institution. I suggest that you find time and make time to further your sales, business, and marketing education. When you accept the fact that like product research and development, personal research and development is equally important, you're on your way to bigger and better things. Here are a few ways to do this. Read, study, and implement. If you drive a lot, listen and implement. <laughs> Have an inner circle of trusted friends. Attend events with excellent speakers. Promise yourself you'll always be a student. Always be learning. Celebrate and enjoy success, uh, but be careful to complacency. Yeah, and if I was going to add something to that, I would add this. Um, today, with all the podcasts that are available on everything that you need to know as a store owner, you can find on different podcasts. And I'm not talking about industry uh, podcasts like this. This is a great start. And if you notice one thing that's different from my podcast than maybe other podcasts, I don't, I bring people in from other industries. I do it on purpose because I think the biggest mistake that we can make as an industry is sit there and stare at our na navel and tell ourselves how great we are. It's ridiculous. We need to borrow from other industries all the time. If we see something uh, that could be helpful just because it hasn't been done in our industry, you go ahead and you be the first guy or gal that does it. And you will be rewarded for that. And listen, will you trip sometimes and will you have a failure? Sure. But you're going to have some successes. And when you have a success, it's going to be a huge success. The other thing that I would say is one of the smartest guys I ever met, Jeff Janakovo. I met him at a marketing conference. I met him at a Dan Kennedy marketing conference. I didn't know him from Adam. Uh, he was outside of my territory. I didn't know him. And it's been one of the best relationships of any of my professional relationships that I, that I have. So um, you will find smart people at seminars. You will find smart people at workshops. You will find extremely smart people at masterminds. To me, that is uh, the place where you go uh, to really hone your skills, to really take it to the next level. And so with that, Steve, can you talk a little bit about your masterminds that you've put together? So first, I want to I want to hit on something that you... you sure, go ahead. Unpack anything I, I touched on that you like. And the idea that, you know, investing in yourself. You know, one of the, the things that I found pretty useful, I mean, podcasts are great. They're easy to listen to. Sometimes... Um, their glory stories, right? I mean, uh, everybody wants to share their success on a podcast, how great they are. Sure. Um, not, you know, a lot of them are not informed, like it's not a step by step guide, right? No. Um, uh, uh, sometimes it's an ego rub for the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Host. I mean, it's like, look at who I know. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, that, or that doesn't I mean, help the store owner. 
they're selling a product, right? I mean, no matter what type of podcast you're listening to, they're selling a product and that's their, their audience, right? They, they need that outside income some way. So, um, nothing against podcasters, but some of the best, we don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some of the best sales stuff I read, um, like how to sell at higher margins than your competitors would be an example. Steinmetz. Like, what a great step-by-step guide, essentially. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. not a there's not a f- bunch of fluff and BS in that book. Um, but there's a lot of old school sales books. Now do we can take we can take those lessons and apply them. Is this, the, them is this to, the one? That's the one. We yeah. can we can take book. that. We can take those lessons and apply them in our environment and how in today's world, but the lessons in that book are every bit as gold today as they were when that book was written 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and same thing goes with, you know, Dan Kennedy. You mentioned Dan Kennedy and the funniest part is ClickFunnels, which is based out of Boise, Idaho. Technically, I think they're in Meridian. Um, just... Click Funnels just bought Dan Kennedy's company. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm interested to see where where that goes. That's a pretty interesting marriage, right? Click it, Funnel. It, it it is. Uh, Russell is an interesting character in and of himself, and he's a very talented guy. And and there's a guy who I followed for years uh, from the beginning, and to watch his evolution is pretty amazing i mean it's very simple right the concept yeah. of the click funnel is very simple same thing applies when we can look at a funnel in all aspects of our business and we should <clears throat> but i think going also to your your number one or your last point here is uh, in your uh, book was be careful of complacency that's where we get in trouble Right. That's really uh, when I see the guys that are struggling. Um, the, it's not for a lack of of furthering their knowledge. It's for a lack of application. Sometimes because of information overload, um, and sometimes it's as simple as the advice I gave to to the guy I you had me reach out to on Friday was. Hey, you want to improve your sales this weekend, right? Where is your audience this weekend? They happen to have a great anchor store in the shopping center that they were in, right? And having a grocery store. That grocery store customer is in that parking lot two to three times a week. You know they are. Yeah. Right? So you got a chance to touch your potential customer two to three times. So... Go out and and put flyers on their car windows. You know, come up with a deal, something that's going to drive them into the store this weekend because they're there. They're shopping already. I didn't know that you told them that. I didn't get into the details with them because I've been running like a crazy person. Uh, But I had actually told them when I first got out of school, one of my first jobs was I ran a sleep shop and they didn't get the sign up. And I outshipped the other two sleep shops as part of a three-store chain. I outshipped the other two 
with no sign. And it was the name of the store is called Mr. Mattress. There was no sign. So I literally had flyers and I put them on a thing and I forget how many tickets we got. And I said uh, to the owner, I said, are you okay with this? He goes, just keep doing it. I'll tell you when I don't want to pay the tickets anymore. Oh, for littering or they, the fire I'm department, gonna... somehow the fire department got involved and came in real hot and heavy. And, you know, we're going to write you up if you keep doing that. Oh, sorry, sir. And then of course they ripped, wrote me up and then they wrote me up again and wrote me up again. It didn't matter. I had my orders and <laughs> I put them on every car and we did more business than the other three, other two stores. Um, Sometimes the tickets, right? That's just part of the cost of acquisition. Yes. It's part of your advertising costs. There's no yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that anybody's getting fined today for passing out flyers. So if they are, man, every time I go to an event, I ended up I end up with my window peppered with flyers, right? You go to a concert and somebody's out there flyering windows while the concert's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No so, doubt. Yeah. I mean, that that was one of the the pieces of advice I gave is look, I mean, you you're looking to drive traffic today. You need to come up with a, something that you can make a deal on today and get customers in the door today. And uh, that's just being active. Right. Right. Because definitely not going to get any more customers in the door doing the same stuff you were yesterday. Sitting in the store wondering if customers are going to come in. Don't bring them in. Yep. So, interestingly enough, I had three other customers with really good success stories for, for Labor Day. One wasn't open on Labor Day but very successful, um, especially compared to last year. And to be fair, he had a, a crappy Labor Day last year. So he did nine and a half times as much business in a small town. And uh, you know him. He's the adjustable bed guru. And I asked permission to use his name. So that was Randy Thompson and Van Wert. Um, didn't do any special advertising for Labor Day. Wasn't open on Labor Day, but had a really good weekend. And then there were two other guys that actually went after it. One guy was so successful in Cleveland that he actually made his entire monthly number for September. When they closed the doors on Labor Day, their month was in. So, so there were some success stories out there, some with advertising and some without advertising. And I think that was oh, the interesting thing. One thing. Yeah, yeah. You going to set it off? Yeah. Well, okay. All right. I think you have an uh, inspector's desk. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to fire you. Fire. And I, I think I spoke that into existence for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. What are friends? What are no. friend, What are friends for? So, anything else that led to the success that you enjoyed last weekend? You know, I mean, a part of it is large tickets, right? I mean, that's that's been an advantage we've had. Um, and we saw a dip. It's weird because one store we have 
really large tickets lately and one we've seen a decrease. So, um, man, th- there's no secrets to this business. They're really, I mean, Pete, you've been at it for a long time. There's yeah. no secrets. You know, the guys that are successful are the guys that are still hungry and work in their business. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the secret, right? Stay hungry. Work well, your business. Very specifically, if you look at your business two years ago to this year and what's on your floor versus two or three years ago versus now, what's it look like? With or without the names, your choice. I mean, it, it doesn't look anything like it did two years ago. Why? I mean, a lot of it's relationships, right? I okay. Mean, communication. Um, you know, we all suffered during COVID, but communication was a huge setback for a lot of people. Um, well, I, mean, I, I remember... I actually have more big name brands on my floor today than I ever have. Okay. And, I mean... That's because that's still who who is servicing me with an expectation of, um, I mean, yeah, I get good service from them. And I'm fortunate I have a couple really good reps. Um, but it's, it's the reps, it's the relationships that the people that communicated with me well during COVID, and they're the people I'm still doing business with. And that would go the same for my customers, right? The customers that I communicate well with, they can they are repeat customers. Yep. So when we kind of unpack what you were saying about the name brands, you know, to, to me, the biggest name brand out there today in today's world is purple, then it's resident, dream cloud nectar. And then Temper, and I could be wrong. There could be somebody else that snuck in there before Temper, but Temper seems to have kind of held on and continue to be a name brand. But all the others really have fallen off. So, Uh, I mean, Temper is the measure, right? I mean, that's I always consider Temper is the measuring stick of which all mattresses are sold price-wise, right? I mean, that's... That's the competitor in the two to five thousand dollar mark. You're going to hit that. Yep. You have you have to have a product that feels, um, yeah. I mean, better than Temper, right? I mean, or they have great brand loyalty, also. Yeah. Um, resident, they do a great job of marketing. They do. Um, I mean, are their beds spectacular? Probably not. Their Dream Cloud. I mean, in my opinion, for nine ninety nine, it's pretty good feeling bed yeah. throw a 365 night sleep trial on it and it's a phenomenal deal um i mean i sell a ton of them so it's my single best selling bed by far um and i sell it I mean, too many of them and too many i wish i could sell more you that people up and we do quite a bit but um i mean it's a great feeling bed under two grand and Purple, I mean, the majority of us don't access purple, right? Because we can't, because they won't do business with the smaller, uh, with the smaller businesses. 
Um, so I've done something. That helps me compete with purple. If they come here first, they don't have to go somewhere else to feel purple because I just demonstrate why purple, what it is, right? So this is the purple one I bought. Yeah. Cut it up, let people press around on that and feel on that and let them feel how. Uh, Fabulous it is. I won't disparage them on your show. <laughs> I would sell purple. To be clear, I would sell purple if they would sell me. Of course. Um, I, it, because of the marketing machine that they are. However, they just acquired IntelliBed. So it could get interesting. Yeah. Um, and this is the purple too. So I bought them both off of Craigslist and our <laughs> Facebook marketplace. Um, they were comfort returns, right? But they don't take them back. Right. And uh, I bought them and cut them up so I could show people what's inside them and how our product is different or better or not. I mean, in some cases, maybe they like that feel. That's awesome. Very creative. I'm like, how do you get that? I'm just, how yeah. did he get that? Now well, I know. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Just go buy a used one and cut it up. Might cost you a couple hundred bucks. It did cost me a couple hundred bucks. But do you think you've made that back? Oh yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, they'll just say, "I don't know how anybody could sleep on that." Me either. <laughs> me either. I just agree with them. <laughs> All right, so. You had a great weekend last weekend. How was traffic this week? Did it fall off way, way off, or was it okay? You know, we are uh, we're doing well. I, I'm not going to complain about my business yet, Pete. I mean, good. This this weekend probably could have been better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're. I already made all my money. Legit question: How often do you get website orders? I rarely get them. I mean, like local people ordering. We do a couple thousand a month at least uh, website orders. So, I mean, uh, we do it uh, a lot of times. I do it. We do. We have a QR code on every bed in our store that if a customer leaves our store, right, we know the the biggest obstacle is getting the customer to come back in the store after they've left. So I send them with that QR code. That QR code opens up the page directly to that mattress mm. with all the details on that mattress. Not only that, but they go to my website, then you can retarget them. There's all sorts of things you can do in advertising from an advertising perspective. Um, so I get them to my website and they can just buy from that. They don't have to come back. They don't have to. I hate taking phone orders. Uh, even somebody calls and says, hey, can I order over the phone? No, I prefer you order from my website. One, my credit card fees cost less uh, if you purchase from my website than if I have to type in your credit card number. Wow. So, I didn't so know I, that. Yeah. So I push people to it. I mean, it's it's my, it's my go-to. So... One thing I'd like to just slightly unpack, 
Dan Kennedy would be very, very proud of you because one of his mantras is make it easy for them to buy. When you're in a situation where you have to let somebody go because it, you know, you, you can't close them, make it easy for them. Give them all the ways that they can respond to you. They can call you. They can email you. They can go directly to the website. Hang on one second. Oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, sure. No. All right. I got a customer. What? You got to go then. I will finish I the show. For you. Make some money. Love Take you care. too. Love you too. Take care. So that concludes. No, it does not conclude because I'm still not done. So I have some rep friends out there. So hopefully you guys all got a lot out of Steve. And you can see that Steve's busy right now. Um, Andy had a good week. And that's what happens when you have systems in place, uh, when you pay attention to the little details of Google and the little details of uh, making sure that you are the best choice for your customer and make it easy to do business. So Steve is, while he's doing that, I have a few rep friends that I want to talk to. Okay. So guys, you guys know that I'm a reader and I just read this book, Selling the Price Increase by Jeb Blunt. And let me tell you something, whether you're a sales um, a sales uh, rep or a manager of sales reps, and if you're a manager of a sales rep, you need to go to the back of this book. I think it's 280... Uh, 287, Leading Price Increase in Initiatives. Uh, go out there with your salespeople and show them how to get the price increases that you have to get. I'm going to tell you something. When I look back at the last craziness that we've had, um, and I look back at my successes, and I look back at my failures, it's all explained in Jeb Blunt's book. I'm going to meet Jeb for the first time next week. So here's a lesson in and of itself, everybody. I'm 62 years old. I own my own rep and business. I've owned it for years. I never stop looking for advantages. And I am going to a seminar next week in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, my producer and me will be doing some cool things down there. So tune in for that. Um, you're never too old to learn. And as long as you're in this game, whether you're a store owner, you're a sales rep or a vice president of sales or an owner, of, uh, you have to constantly try to get better. The other book that I read recently, and this is for reps, and then I'm going to do one, uh, which is really important for store owners. For my fellow rep friends, Anthony Iannarino's Elite Sales Strategies, one of the best books I've ever written on. I've I've ever written. I wish I wrote this thing. It's a masterpiece. It's really really good. Um, if you're a sales rep, you have to get this book. If you're a store owner, I wouldn't bother with it. Um, it it's 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 not for you. It's for B two B salespeople. And one other thing, guys, and we'll wrap this up. So my friend, Drew Reichart, 
who I was a rep with at another company than I'm at now, how to sell margins higher than your competitors when in sale at full price rate or fee. Lawrence, hold on, Steinmetz. So I actually pretty sure that I'm the one that turned Steve on to this book. I've mentioned this book. You've got to get this book. If you own a store, it explains your customer's behavior. And it is a great book that even though it was written years ago, it's a book that everybody, absolutely everybody should have. So how to sell margins higher than your competitors when in every sale at full price rate or fee by Lawrence Steinmetz and William Brooks. It is a great. Let me know when you're in Atlanta. I'd love to meet you in person. Also, what seminar are you attending? Good show today. Um, it is outbound and I will be there from Tuesday through Friday. I bought the VIP uh, ticket, which includes the uh, the mastermind on Tuesday, and I am very very excited. So I wish I knew who that Facebook user was. Um, let me look this up real quick. So I love meeting new people. Always to me, being in sales has always been a because I'm uh, an introvert. Oh, hey, Wes Price. I would love to meet you too, brother. Um, we've worked together and, and currently work together at at, at uh, some lines. And uh, I've heard a lot about you and I have a lot of respect for you, Wes. So um, yes, I'm going to the Outbound Conference and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So at this point in my career, I've been at it for 40 years. You know, I'm not looking to learn something um, at every turn and every corner, a lot of it's going to be repetitive things that I've heard before. Right. And some of it's going to be new and, and those new things are really, really important, but just as important is the repetition of the old things, because I always ask myself one question. All right. I know that, but am I doing it? So you as store owners, you as sales reps, you as VPs of sales, doesn't matter what you do in this industry. Ask yourself, I know that, but do I do it? And if it's a good idea and I should be doing that, why aren't I doing it? And when am I going to take corrective action? The answer to that should be right now. So with that, I want to thank Steve for giving us so many great insights and being such a team player and, and helping our dealers. That concludes episode 87. Thank you so much for all your questions. Thank you for being here, Guy. Thank you for being here, Patrick. And one quick thing. If you want a book on sales negotiation, Patrick Tinney wrote the, the manual that everybody should have. If you want a sales book and an advertising book at once, Patrick was a executive and did a lot of great things in advertising sales. So you get a history of advertising sales and probably one of my favorite books. I just look at this book and I get, I get motivated. It's called perpetual hunger. 
sales prospecting by Patrick Tinney. And, you know, me and Pat have similar stories of maybe not having the easiest start in life, but uh, uh, having some of the same losses, as a matter of fact. But uh, coming out on the other side, two poor boys, two poor boys that made it made it good. So, guys, thank you for being here. Guys and gals, thank you for being here. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys from Atlanta next week. Take care. That's a wrap.